welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Vacaville, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We are so glad and honored that you would join us today, and we pray that this message you're listening to is a blessing to your day. We want to invite you to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service times. We hope to see you at a service or a special event sometime soon. And 25, and Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believed me not, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but you believe me not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Get that. My sheep know my voice, or they hear my voice, I know them, and then they follow me. Amen. So he's letting us know that it's not just enough to hear his voice, to know his voice, but at some point we have to follow him. Amen. And he says, and I give unto them eternal life. What a deal. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them to me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. In the case Somebody tried to make two persons out of that, that that's two separate hands. He went ahead in verse 30, and he put a rest to that theory and said, I and my Father are one. Amen. And uh, if you're in uh, the Father's hand, you're in Jesus' hand. If you're in Jesus' hand, you're in the Father's hand. Amen. I want to continue tonight for just a, for just a little while, and I want to, I want to talk about uh, knowing the will of God. Continue on in this uh, series that we're in, knowing the will of God. Jesus, we thank you for your presence tonight. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your compassion, and your love. And Lord, I pray that you would strengthen each person in this place. Let us not only hear your word, but be doers of your word also. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Look at somebody and tell them, I want to know the will of God. Amen. I um so thankful as we were talking on the flight from um, from Quito to Houston, um, God even then began to confirm uh, some of the things I'd be teaching about tonight through Sister Template. Now we've been talking about knowing the will of God and how important it is. To, now I'm just going to go ahead and warn you tonight. I'm I probably not going to be doing a bunch of screaming and stomping. And so I am so glad that I am in a church that doesn't need, uh, although there's a time and a place for that, but doesn't need theatrics to believe it's of God. And it's not because I'm tired. It's just I want to be in a different gear to speak to those that really want to hear. Amen. And if we have to do the cheerleading stuff, then, then for someone to hear it, then they're not really wanting to hear it. Because I'm just going to talk about it tonight. And, uh, but it's so important to, to know the will of God in our life. Look at somebody say, I want to know the will of God. Amen. And, and we've talked about this, the importance of knowing the will of God and the importance of following after God and um, really having that understanding that, you know, once we are born again, our life is not our own anymore. We, we, we've somehow in the last, you know, few decades we we flipped it to where living for God is all about the comforts that we can have and that that is somehow 
um, indicative of us being right with God is that there's no trial, trouble, tribulation, or pain. And, and that if we'll just follow after God, that all, only good things will happen to us. And that's, that, that, well, that's popular teaching in, in America today uh, from, from churches. And if you're listening, I'm doing air quotes. Uh, from churches that, um, that this, has, this has bled its way into even the apostolic ranks. That if something goes wrong, then we say, I must have done something wrong or I am and what we don't understand sometimes is and that's a good that's a good reaction I don't want to downplay that if something goes wrong we need to self-examine and say okay God if I strayed somewhere from the path and are you using this trial to to nudge me back to where I'm supposed to be because he's a good God and he will do that aren't you glad he doesn't just let you wander in your sin but he'll bring conviction into our life and 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 if conviction don't work sometimes he will let he will let the adversary buffet us that's what the bible says uh, i'll never forget when i read that and it said that uh, paul said that satan uh, god uh, satan had sent his messenger to to buffet me talking about paul and i was so glad to find out that word meant buffet and not buffet <laughs> Because me and uh, me and God, we're gonna have to have a prayer meeting because I really enjoy buffets sometimes. Amen. I don't know if y'all remember when Hometown was here. I really enjoy. Everybody ran down Hometown. But I'm gonna tell you something. Hometown has some pretty good meatloaf. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. Everything else wasn't that great, but the meatloaf and the taters was pretty good. And uh, you know, sometimes you had to get over the clientele, so to speak, to eat. <laughs> You know, the people that camp out there, they got there when the doors open and they don't leave till six o'clock, you know, and they're wearing more food than they're eating. But I was so glad to find out it meant buffet, which, 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 which to buffet, it, it, it means to, to rub against or uh, you, you could say to, um, to rub off those things, but, but actually to say to rub off a rough area, you could also flip it and say that it's actually polishing. Right, and and so he said that that the messenger of Satan was sent uh, to buffet me, and so we've got to look at, and it's okay to have some introspection, but in our modern way of thinking in in the in, in the church, and we've allowed this to bleed over from secular Christianity and postmodern Christianity, that if something went wrong, then I'm not in the will of God. If the finances are are a little tight or get stressed or whatever, then surely I'm not in the will of God, and. Because after all, God doesn't want me to have headaches, and you know, God doesn't want you know me to you know ever have any time of having to manage a budget to live off of. Surely, you know, I, you know some folks are some folks broke is different than the broke I had. I'm going to be honest, brother Chase. Some people say they're broke, and I'm like, my God, I'd love to be your broke. You're at Starbucks five times a week, at restaurants, take vacations, the theme parks. I'm going. I wish I could be that broke. I mean, the kind of broke I had was bologna sandwiches, and, and we didn't have, it was cheese or Cheetos, and so we put Cheetos on the bologna sandwich. It, that now, you know, cooking the uh, mac and cheese on the stove, and it says, you know, I had a quarter cup of milk, and you're just like, what a luxury, so you just add a little bit more water to it, right? <laughs> Y'all know, I'm t I can make a five-star meal out of Top Ramen. 
But some people, oh, we're broke, we can't afford anything. And they're always out to eat somewhere, and they got brand new cell phones and all this stuff. I'm saying, man, I, I wish, I mean, that's the kind of broke I ain't. I, I, ain't, I was never like that broke, right? Um, I, I prayed for their level of poverty as broke as I was. But we don't, you know, so some people think having to live within their means is, is because God is somehow against them. And so we, we think we should have no trouble and no trial in our life. And that's totally, op let's check out what Jesus would say about it. Uh, Jesus said, in this life, you'll have trouble. As a matter of fact, he said, there will be trouble. But he said, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe in me. Um. We, we teach this level of Christianity that, that if you're going to serve Christ, if you're going to follow him, that uh, he's going to make your enemies your friend, your bank account's going to overflow, um, you know, all this, you're just going to be just so much favor everywhere you go that even the devil will backslap you and tell you you're a great guy and all this stuff. <laughs> but, but Jesus said, um, here's a guarantee, everybody's going to hate you because of me. That's, that's still in the Bible, and I know they cut that out on the, you know, the, 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 the podcast preachers and all that, but that's still in the Bible. Now, we're not going to go around and say, well, I'm going to make everybody hate me, because that, that, no, no, no. The Bible says, beware when all men speak evil of, or speak well of you. And so we, we are in such a mode of acceptance that we think it's the will of God that everybody speaks well of us. We have this complex. We need everybody to love us we all we all and i don't mean this to be pejorative and i don't mean to downplay any legitimate emotional issues that happen from this but we all have some kind of daddy complex and so we just want everybody to love us and affirm us and pat us on the back and tell us how awesome we are but that's not the way jesus said it was going to be in this life you're going to have trouble matter of fact he said offenses will come but blessed is he whosoever is not offended in me amen so offenses will come but don't be offended in me is what he says. And so we have to understand that in this life, though sometimes the will of God is going to lead us into tough places. Sometimes the will of God is going to lead us into tough places. As a matter of fact, uh, we, we, we just we want to hang with our peoples and we want to, hey, I would love nothing more than take all of us saved in first church campuses and, you know, just go build a big ranch somewhere and just say, let's say, it'd be a whole, much, it'd be a whole lot easier to be saved. Think about it. You wouldn't have to put up with that or this or whatever, you know, and, but, you know, then we'd be, be a cult or something. We don't want to do that. Matter of fact, uh, they were promoting the uh, services. Uh, we did a district uh, revival one each night. We were in a different city and um, preaching. And uh, in Spanish, they call a gathering or a service culto. And so the, the advertisement was for the culto. <laughs> for English, I'm going, dear Lord, I mean, have mercy. Yes, folks, David Koresh is coming to, some of y'all know who David Koresh is. But it just simply means, it doesn't mean service, it means a gathering, right? Is that what culto means? It means like a gathering. You know, y'all should find a better word. <laughs> and I'm sure y'all look at Yeah, it is weird. Well, if a Colombian says it's weird, then we got to change it, right? Because Sister Angelica, they think that they got it all best anyway. So, <laughs> amen. And, and so we can't just all run to the mountains. 
Ephesians. And, and I mean, the early church didn't do that. They, they, they were in Rome and they were in all these different places and they chose to live for God in the midst. Of, you know, I was uh, talking with Sister Templin on the plane. And uh, as I already told you, and we were talking about the state of California. And she said, you know, I was in, right after awakening, I went down to Los Angeles. And she said, and I posted a picture. I was, I, she said, I can't remember what she said I posted a picture of. But I posted I was in um, L.A. or, you know, whatever. And she said, the amount of comments from apostolic Holy Ghost filled people trashing the state. She said, I, she goes, I sat there just deleting comment after comment after comment after comment. Everybody on there is saying, oh, them people are so stupid. Them people, that state needs to fall in the ocean and all this. Look, we've got dingbat politicians. It's safe to say when you've got a, you know, a, a group that want to do what they want to do to children and all this. Kind of, it's, I mean, you look at it. Say, but she looked at me and she had big tears in her eyes. She goes, I could not believe people that are supposedly filled with the spirit of God would say that the only good thing you can do is get out. And she said, and I thought about you when I was reading this, and I thought about the churches in, in Woodland and Vacaville, and she thought, if, what, if everybody took that mindset, who's going to be left to save those that need to be saved? And I, and, and I said, you know, thank you for saying that. And we started, you know, the early church, my Lord, it was bad. They were, they were their children were being fed to lions. And fed the lions. They were sawing people in half. Burning them alive. And they didn't stop going to church because they were afraid they might get something. Amen. It's tight, but it's right. We got people saying, well, God wouldn't want you to go to church and get sick. What are you going to tell the early church when he commanded, he said in Hebrews, he said, forsake not the assembly of yourself. But I don't want, last week we went and the Joneses kid, they tied it up in a blanket, ran it over with horses. We shouldn't go. No, we, we, you, you can't fail to meet and worship. We've twisted that and, and, and listen, we're, we're past the whole COVID. Believe me, we are past that. I am. Some folks ain't, but I am. I'm not falling for it anymore. We now know. Now, in hindsight, we know. And if you don't know, then you're probably following the people that are still hyping it up. Amen. Uh, we, we landed in Coca, and there was a group, a group of uh, ladies there from America. As a matter of fact, we're boarding the plane. I look at Brother Barrow and I went, oh, Lord. Just, you know, I'm just thinking, oh, no. I mean, these are, you could tell what kind of, you know, they were. They were, they were all going on a, on a healing retreat. Into the Amazon. They were going to learn, they were going to learn healing through stones by, by some shaman out there. And they were just totally, you know, you know the kind of, you know the kind of middle-aged white ladies I'm talking about that got the dreads that are frizzy, ain't washed their hair in six years because they, are tapping into Mother Earth, dirt worshiping and all that kind of stuff. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just telling you what they, okay? And so they come up and they were like, oh, have you been to the Amazon before? And I'm like, yeah, I've been here a few times. I know, we're, we're just talking about it. And I'm looking at, some of them are like in their 20s and they're, and I'm not kidding, they're like double, triple masked. And I'm thinking, you're, 
look fine. You can do whatever you want. You know how I feel. I don't care if you want to. There's times I will wear a woman. I'm not feeling good. I get it. But I'm thinking, you are going to the jungle. That's the least of your worries. They got skeeters out here that pick up small children and fly away. <laughs> For real. And, <laughs> amen. But, we, you, you know, we get into still, we, we twist things up and we, we make the word of God fit our understanding, rather our understanding adjusts to the word of God. And, and we think that if these things come, and surely God doesn't ever want us to be, and, and, God, and God is not sitting in heaven going, catch a cold, get cancer. He, he's not one. But when these things come, we, we, we start thinking that this is not God's will for me to have any struggle in my life. But God said these things will come. Struggles come to make us stronger. I heard a preacher recently talk about don't think it's strange because you deal with fiery trials that are sent to try you. can't remember who it was. but <laughs> Because we think, well, the fiery trials come well, God's mad. It's just part, it's part of living for God. But we, we will follow these, these church gurus that will tell us, well, if you'll do this and do this, and ironically, always comes to sending them money. You won't have these struggles. And if you have a struggle, they'll say, well, send me more money because you didn't believe with the first amount of money. Drink this miracle water, you know, whatever it is that they're selling. And I just think about these people doing this all the time, and I think, man, number one, my heart breaks because they're so desperate. But sometimes I think, man, they're about as bright as a haunted house. They keep doing this thing over and over and over again. And just follow us over and over again. But Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. They hear my voice. I know them. And so finding the will of God is not a very difficult thing to do because it's written. This word is never changing. It's a never changing word. This word will not change. It is everlasting. Jesus said, uh, the Bible said it is from everlasting to everlasting. This word doesn't need to be changed because, it, 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 you, you know, they're, they're, they're creating these new Bibles. with that. These Bibles are gender neutral, and, and they're taking out any masculine re reference to God and, and, and all of this stuff. I'm going to tell you something. We don't change the Bible to fit the culture. We've got to change the culture to fit the Bible. Amen. And so knowing the, knowing the will of God is not as difficult as it seems. He said, pray for me, I need to find the will of God. Oftentimes, and, and by no stretch is this a scientific number that I'm about to give, but probably 95% of the time we're not trying to find the will of God. What we're actually trying to find, Sister Strickland, is the courage to follow God's will. Because we, we really know it, but we're looking over the cliff going, really? Let there be. Even Jesus did that. Even Jesus did. Jesus said, if there be any other way. So don't beat yourself up because you struggle sometimes with the will of God. Don't beat yourself up because you, God's doing this or sending this way or doing this and you're really fighting with it. Because even Jesus himself, Sister Tammy, in the garden, before he gave his life for our sins, he prayed and said, if there be any other way, if we can find another route, than this stupid mountain from Quito to Coca. 
<laughs> then let it be. Nevertheless. See, we need the nevertheless spirit. Nevertheless. I want that house, but nevertheless. I want that job, but nevertheless, thy will, not my will be done. I want to I go there. I want that kind of a life. I want this, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy. But pastor, doesn't God... Doesn't God want us to live a life of happiness? He wants to live a, us to live a life of fulfillment and joy and contentment and peace. Happiness is too fickle. Happiness is too fluid for God to focus in our emotions. And that be the thing that God goes after is for ever changing emotions of happiness. Now, that's not to say that God's a sadist and he wants you to be miserable. That's not, that's not the, the issue at all. The issue is simply this. God wants you to learn to be contented no matter what state of life you're in. Now, I'm going to say this, and I promise you, I, I, I don't know anything. And, and if there's a mass exodus, I have no idea about it. But let me just say, people get this idea. They, they did it back before the housing bubble in 08. Remember, everybody was selling their, you know, one-bedroom 800 square foot house for $900,000 and they were moving into gated communities in Idaho and everything. I remember we went to Idaho in like 08 right before the collapse. I preached a youth convention up there and the, they took me through these big gated communities. You know that, that the, the gated communities where rich people live not the gated communities where they wear orange jumpsuits. <laughs> and they were <laughs> you'll get it on the way home. They were driving and they'd have these signs out in front of their gated communities that would say, Californians not welcome. Because they were selling their little 800 square foot house in the bad part of town, and they were buying a $300,000 mansion, but they still had their cars up on blocks and all running down the driveway and, you know, uh, couches in the front yard and, you know, all that type of So I'm saying that to say this. Relocating does not one change wherever you go there you are so if 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 you have a bad attitude and can't make friends here well i'm gonna go to the south where everybody's friendly go there with that attitude and you're gonna think they're friendly because they're sweet and they're gonna say bless your heart and as soon as you walk off Lock the door. <laughs> right? If, if Listen, it's so expensive. I love Brother Chase's financial freedom thing. It's so expensive. I just can't stand it out here. We'll have a better life. And you know what shocks everybody? Yeah, the cost of living is different, but so is wages. And if you think $6 a gallon gas hurt us, $4 a gallon gas almost killed them. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And, I, and listen, I'm not saying that's not to say that God can't ever, you know, it would never be the will of God to move. But I, I was, if God would ask me, I don't want anybody to ever leave. I want us to all be buried in this city together 90 years from now. I'm, and I'm serious. I love everybody. I, I really do. I love everybody. In this place. That's why when people come here and pray, Pastor, about the will of God for me to move. I tell you right now, I don't know what the will of God is, but I'm going to tell you, don't go. I'm going to say things like, you know, your tires are going to go out and you're, gonna lose you no I'm just kidding I don't say I don't I, I really have never done it even when I felt it wasn't right I would say look you just need to pray you're going for the right reason 
Because I, I, I know my emotions are tied up in it, right? But here's what I know. If you're bad with money here, you're going to be bad with money in Arizona. If you can't run a, a house here, you won't run it there. Right? Sometimes the grass is greener on the other side because the septic tank is loose, leaking. Right? Sometimes the grass, is, and you think, oh, look at the pretty butterflies and stuff. No, no, there's just a lot of fertilizer for them to rest on. But to know the will of God is not the difficulty. It's, it's the third part of that verse 27 where he says, and they follow me. Because God ain't a cowboy. He doesn't get behind the herd and fire his six-shooter in the air and crack his whip to drive the cattle forward. He's a shepherd. He leads us. Whether we follow, that's something altogether different. You know, we sing the song, where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will go. You have called me, I will answer. Lead me, Lord, I will go. And, and we will, as long as it's somewhere we're comfortable with. But the 23rd Psalm says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Didn't have anything to do with happiness. It was contentment. I shall not want. Happiness, again, look at somebody and say, happiness is fickle. I like that word. I, like, I know we've got, we've got uh, English second language people here, and I love using those words sometimes. They're going, what? what's a fickle? I've ate a pickle, but what's a fickle? Fickle means it's flu. Was you trying to figure that out? As soon as I said it, I thought, oh, I got to, because we got ESL, English second language, and sometimes I use it. It just means fluid. It just means it's ever-changing. It's always moving. And so you, you can't really put a bead on, 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 on happiness. It's constantly going to move. Because right now, black bear grits will make me happy. Right? But tomorrow morning, grits may not work. It might be something else. But contentment is knowing. Contentment is, actually, let me change that. First solid meal I ate since being home was lunch today. And I had, hallelujah, <laughs> some tamales from uh, Sister Kelly Veerhan. And if you don't eat her tamales, it's, it's not in the Bible, but it's close to Acts 2.38. You need to try some of her tamales. They're phenomenal. Uh, you know the word manna in the Bible? Uh, we don't even have a definition for it. It literally means we don't know in the Hebrew. Like people think manna was bread or whatever. Well, I got to studying it, and then now I've got a degree that makes me study better. <laughs> I dug a little bit deeper, and actually the Hebrew word is, its root word is tough. And the end of it is Malay. So they, <laughs> they ate tamales. Amen. I'm just kidding. Please don't walk out of here going, he's preaching false doctrine. He said manna was tamales. Because then I will say, you need to pray through because you must not like tamales. Amen. So happiness, happiness is a moving target. Contentment is knowing if I have no tamales. I'll be happy with pork and beans or whatever it is. If I ha because happiness is always moving. 
The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Doesn't mean I won't have any wants. It means he will cover my wants. He will keep me contented if I will walk following the shepherd. I shall not want. Right? He, he uh, leadeth me beside the still waters. You don't want to be drinking out of a rushing river. Especially if you're a sheep. Sheep don't swim and their wool retains water. They sink like a rock. Amen? Through the green valleys. But then he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod, thy staff. David is painting the picture of what it means to know the voice of the shepherd, but then have the confidence in the shepherd to be able to follow him. Knowing that the shepherd is not always going to lead me in the lush saddleback valleys of green. Sometimes I've got to walk through narrow, rocky canyon passes where more of my fluff is hanging over the edge than my hooves on the ground. But I got to trust that the shepherd is never going to put me in a position where just the slightest movement will cost my life. The, the, the shepherd builds factors in grace for me and mercy, and he makes them new every morning. Amen. Isn't that awesome? And, and so I, I want to I try to set the plane down here. He leads us. We have, we have to have the, the faith and the, and the strength to follow him where he is leading us. You don't follow the crowd. You follow the shepherd. I, I, I see people a lot in there, you know, they, you know, uh, let, me, let me back up and say this. I need to stick with my notes. Have you ever, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand for two reasons. One, um, if you don't raise your hand, you're probably lying, and then we need you to repent. And two, if you do raise your hand, somebody will look at you critically. So we're not going to raise your hand. But have you ever, have you ever thought, I'm, I'm, I'm really not being fulfilled spiritually? You ever thought that? Don't say amen. People will think bad about you. Have you, have you ever thought, no, I'm, I'm just, am I, am, am I, I, I don't know that I'm being fulfilled spiritually, okay? I, I want you to hold on to that. I, look, I don't have, I didn't bring any magic, you know, revival dust to fling on you from Ecuador. It's, to serve God, it's going to, it takes a lot of hard work. You spell being a Christian, W-O-R-K. You spell revival, W-O-R-K. It takes work. So if you're looking for the wonder pill or what, it, it, it ain't there. You can chase it. There is no fountain of youth, just the fountain of getting old. I know. I, I went at wonderful. I just cheered you up so much. <laughs> but have you ever felt, I, am, am I being fulfilled? And here's what people, here's what immature Christians do. They will say, I'm not being fulfilled. And because I'm not being spiritually fulfilled, I need to relocate. They'll see this church over here booming, you know, 60 miles away, five states away. And they will chase the allure of fulfillment. When you are seeking God and you're in a, let me say this, you're not going to find fulfillment, you know, in a Methodist church. If they're not preaching truth. Okay. 
But if you're in a truth-preaching church, the lack of growth within oneself or spiritual fulfillment is not even based on the pulpit. It's based on our ability to follow the voice of our shepherd. Amen. Now, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to take any responsibility off me or our ministry team to be able to preach the word, teach the word, help guide and direct and follow as we go. But what I am simply saying is this. If sermons are the only thing that move you forward, eventually you're going to get sick of my preaching. Believe me, I, at some point, you may not be yet, and I'm, and I'm glad you're not. And if you are, don't tell me, just lie to me. No, don't lie to me. Just, you know, just don't say anything. Okay. Don't lie. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. Y'all know I didn't mean that. But if you're sick of hearing me preach, don't jump up and say, oh, I'm, let somebody else preach. I can't stand hearing you preach. Because you never know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, well, I'm sick of looking at you when you don't want to hear me preaching. I don't know what I'll say. <laughs> but it's not, it's not, if you chase the, the allure of the supernatural, then you will always be followed. Thank God for people who put their roots down in the church and say, I'm not chasing name brand preaching or, or, or new gadgets and new trends for the church and all of this stuff. And how many times I heard people say, I love y'all's church, but you know, y'all don't have the, uh, the, the type of children's ministry we need. You don't have this type of ministry that we need. And so I'm going to go somewhere where I can find that ministry. What you're saying is, is you are so cotton picking lazy. Because if you really had a burden for that, you would settle in and say, all right, I'm going to do it. Amen. Okay. Now I said I was going to land a plane. I've been teaching exactly 35 minutes, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. I'm just kidding. It's, it's an auction. Everyone's going to give five, 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 five. You, you can't chase that. Well, I... I see this church on Facebook and they're doing this and I saw them on YouTube and they're doing that. Let me tell you something. It, it might be happening. I'm going to tell you something. It's a season. It's a season. Can't be like that always. How many times I've seen people chase that and the season ends within a few months and then they got to chase it somewhere else. You don't chase the wind. You follow the shepherd. Let me say it again. You don't chase the wind. You follow the voice of the shepherd. That's where we go. So you, you take that, and am I being fulfilled? And then you've got to, uh, you have then got to find an unmovable metric by which you can measure your spiritual fulfillment. In other words, I'm not going to measure my spiritual fulfillment by what this person does on Facebook at their church. I'm not going to measure my spiritual fulfillment by this book I read. I'm going to measure whether I'm being fulfilled spiritually by an unmovable metric. Because the word of God is a mirror in which we behold our spiritual self. But here's what we do. We, we look in the, the, the mirror. And I, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. I don't know about you. And I have not one time even screamed and I haven't even really broke a sweat. That's how you know it's God. We don't, but what a lot of people do, brother guy, is they hold up the word, which is the mirror. And, you know, if you twist a mirror just a little bit, 
you can change the reflection. How many ever been in a hall of mirrors where you go in one, you look like a penguin, another one, you look like an upside down muffin, you know, and another one, you look skinny. I'm looking for that mirror to put in my house. That you, you, you know, some people go in there, you know, as round as a blueberry and they look like a, like a toothpick, you know. All, and, and so what they do, what they do is they'll take the word and, and they'll, they'll just twist it a little bit to get the reflection they want. So rather than measuring their fulfillment to what is coming back to what we need to measure up to, we will just change the metric a little bit to make ourselves look better. It's like, it's like putting a selfie filter on the mirror. We don't have to adjust ourselves. We just adjust the filter. But there's no filter to the Word of God. It's raw. It is what it is. You get what you get. And you, matter of fact, you get what you are and what you're becoming or not becoming. And this isn't, this isn't meant to be, you know, a, a chastisement at all. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a reality. It's a reality. I've got to look in the mirror of the word, Brother Chase, and say, okay, this is good, but I need to change this. If I'm not being fulfilled, it's probably because there's something in here I'm not doing. Or something I am doing I should be. In other words... I need to go to the map that the shepherd left me to follow him. Amen. 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 Am I measuring? Am I measuring up? I, I need to make sure because I can get mad at the mirror, but it's not the mirror's fault right. that I am the way that I am. It's, right. it's my fault. Right. And I can, I can put duct tape on the mirror to block out the gray hairs when I look in that certain spot or when I put on a few pounds. You know, my bank account tells me every month, you're playing for the blasted gym. Go. <laughs> but I keep going to the mirror, and the mirror says, buddy, you ain't been there in 2023. <laughs> so do I get mad in the mirror? Do I cut off the full-length part of the mirror and just only show myself from here up and, and out of sight, out of mind? Well, no, that's foolish. Everybody in this place is intelligent enough that's foolish. It doesn't change anything. But we do that spiritually with our fulfillment. We know the will of God. We just lack the motivation to follow or the discipline or the will or the drive. You fill in the blank. What is it that keeps me from my spiritual fulfillment? Because knowing the will of God is taking that examination of oneself and saying, okay, I need to measure up. The Bible said to the full stature of Christ. Okay. So if I'm going to know the will of God, then I need to follow the will of God. I need to empower. Let me back up. You don't need to empower yourself. This isn't self-empowerment. You've already been empowered if you have the Holy Ghost in your life. You have already been empowered. Brother Lucas, if you'll come. Amen. I told you I was going to set the plane down. There's grits, and I might put them on a tamale. Amen. I do got a good idea. I'm going to cook some jambalaya. I think that would taste good in a tamale. We'll call them Jumbo Mollies. <laughs> or Tamale Laya. Amen. Sometimes you got time to think when you're riding down the river. Amen. What was I talking about before I talked to my Jumbo? You weren't even listening. You'd be able to tell me. Land and plane. Oh, you, you already got the power. 
You got the power. The Holy Ghost, listen, I, look, look, I know I have said this, and I've had people look at me because I felt this way when God started showing this to me. I, I thought, you know, who you think you are? I've heard this, and i preached this for all these years. And he said, I'm God. And I said, oh, yeah, that's right. And I will listen yeah. to you. Because we've preached, you just need to get the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost is going to change you. You know, the Holy Ghost will do for you what a phone booth did for Clark Kent. It will change you. That's not true. The Holy Ghost don't change you. I know plenty of people got the Holy Ghost and went home and got high. Went home and slapped their wife and kids around. Went home and shacked up. Okay? The Holy Ghost gives you the power to change if you will submit to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is Christ in me. That's, that's not the change. It's the power to change. The Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So Christ in me does not make me a new creature. When I get in Christ, I become a new creature because I lose my identity. It's not about me. It's about him. Old things are passed away. I don't talk like I used to talk, act like I used to act, go where I used to go. I've taken on the identity of him. Okay? And so he's given me the power, the power to change. You know, I see people, uh, sometimes they buy these really old, you know, classic cars, you know, these old 60-something, 65 Camaro or whatever, 67 Camaro, and they just park them in the garage. I don't get that. You know, when you get your 67 Camaro, what, let them, what, let's take that thing for a ride. They'll walk out there, and they'll turn on the light in the garage, and they'll take it, right, and they'll just polish it a little. I mean, that's a V8. I mean, come on. They'll have a car in there with V8, four-barrel carburetor. I mean, that, that thing will run. And you got them horses just locked up in the garage. And you just, they back it out of the driveway once a year. Just make sure the wheels turn. Go around the block. I don't, I don't get that. You got the key. You got so much power sitting in your garage. Go and have fun with it. We've got so much Holy Ghost power sitting in our garage. And we just back it out the driveway on Sunday and Wednesday. And we go home and park it. His power is for more than to come to church and shout and get goosebumps and talk in tongues. His power is given unto us to become like Him. Right? Say, so, well, I can't become like Christ. Well, you know what I mean. He said, great works have I done, but greater than these shall you do. These signs will follow them that believe. We're just begging God to, we're just begging God to heal a hangnail. And God's saying, I've given you power to raise people up from the dead. And we're just sitting there polishing the power. In this power, we come to church. We shout about the power, power, power. We got the power. But we don't ever get in the driver's seat. We never back it down the driveway. So our fulfillment isn't because of where we are. It's the lack of getting in the driver's seat and turning it on and exercising the authority God's given us. Because I know his will. I know his voice. Now, I need to follow that voice. Amen. I need to follow it. Now, God may tell you to do some things that you're not going to. And it'll start small. So, Pastor, I feel God calling me right now. I, I feel God calling me to Afghanistan to open up a baking shop. Well, listen. Let's make sure we have a good going away party because we ain't going to see you again. God, listen. <laughs> it's okay to laugh at her. God's not going to call you to go do something somewhere else that you cannot do where you are. 
I want to go to the mission field. I want to do it. Good. Try making disciples here. Because you're not called to make disciples there until you can do it here. I just want to have a powerful ministry of prayer. Okay, great, wonderful. This is how the kingdom works. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you ruler over many. He doesn't hand you the steering wheel to the ship before you learn how to steer the canoe. We think serving God is all in the spotlight. It's not. I was, we were in the jungle and I preached, I don't know how many times I preached there, but whatever it was, by and large, 10, 15 times more, we spent getting ate up by skeeters. See, this is the smallest part of ministry. So if you're seeking that, you are seeking the smallest level of being used of God. If you're seeking the platform, a music uh, instrument or a microphone, you are seeking this, seek Him. Because I promise you, you're not going to find fulfillment holding this thing. Yeah. If you're not in love with Him, if He's not your center and the circumference of your life, it's going to mean nothing. It'll just be sanctified karaoke. That's it. But the moment you say, my contentment is in Him. And He's the only reason I live. But oh, what a reason. I'd serve God whether I, I had a platform or not. Whether I had a comfortable ch chair or not. I just want to serve God. He's been good. I know His will and I know His voice. God, help me to follow you. Help me to follow your voice when it leads me to a raise on the job. But help me follow your voice when it leads to having to take a cut and pay so I can follow your will. Help me follow you. Give me the strength. I just want to follow you. We pray, God, give me the strength to follow your will, to follow your voice, and he's already given it to us. It's the Holy Ghost. You're trying to follow the voice of the shepherd on a tricycle and you've got a, you've got a, you've got a hot rod sitting in the garage. Stand with me tonight. I'm so thankful I know the voice of the shepherd. All right, now, listen, we don't have to sit here and pray for 45 minutes for God to reveal himself. His word's revealed. I, I hope you got something out of this tonight. I intentionally didn't just start jumping and stomping and screaming and spitting and waving my hand. I did it on purpose. Because I know there are hungry people that when I asked that question, it actually shocked some of you that asked that question. Do you feel spiritually fulfilled? Because you've been asking, why God do I not feel spiritually fulfilled? And it's not because you're bad and it's not because you're wrong and it's not because you don't do things right. It's because sometimes we take our eye off the metric. I need to get my eye on the metric. In other words... I need to follow the voice of the shepherd. It's not a matter of seeking his will. Listen, it's a matter of doing his will. For he said, be ye not hearers of the word only, but doers, lest you deceive yourselves. Get back to the metric. It's still the word of God. Lift your hands to heaven right where you are, would you? Would you just join me for a moment as we pray? Amen. You can open your heart. You can just let that precious touch of God and
to hear that strong yet gentle voice of the shepherd just reach out to him for a moment Lord Jesus I'm so grateful for your voice I'm so grateful for your word thank you for filling me with your spirit Lord Lord, you didn't fill me with your spirit because you just didn't have anywhere else to park it. But Lord, you gave it to me to empower me to follow your will for contentment and peace and joy and strength. That I could know you in the power of your resurrection and fellowship you in your suffering. I feel the strength and the peace of God in this place right now. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Just let Him strengthen you right now. I feel like God's healing somebody right now. Healing your spirit. Touching your mind. He's putting you back to the right metric again. Hallelujah. Why don't you reach over and just pray with somebody beside you. If you're not already just focused in prayer right now, just reach over and pray with somebody right now. If you feel led to step across the aisle, just pray with them. what's the voice of God telling me to do I, I, I want to do something big for God I want to do something grand we, oftentimes we want to make spiritual headlines but not, we're not willing to be a spiritual footnote Sister Templin I'm not going to take any much more time Sister Templin's telling me about God calling her to Ecuador Brother Chase she was 18 years old she had a dream she had a dream she was on an airplane she didn't even know Ecuador what, where it was what it was and in this dream, she said, I was on an airplane, and somebody asked me, said, where are you going, Susan? And she turned back. She said, I'm going to Ecuador to work in the fields. And she woke up from the dream speaking in tongues. 
She went and grabbed an encyclopedia off the shelf with a big E on it. Y'all remember the found Ecuador and saw the little black and white photos of natives of the Amazon. She got on her knees and she wept, cried, and spoke in tongues. It was 20 years before she touched foot. She said, I spent my years, 18, 19, 20, 21. I would walk. She's from South Louisiana. She said, I would walk the woods and the swamp. She said, I would scream. So far in the country, nobody can hardly just scream, God. God, don't let them die before I get there to tell them about you. But she spent 20 years walking the woods and the swamps, praying, learning Spanish little by little. I'm not going to ruin it. She's going to come this year and preach and, and, and tell all the stories. But she stepped off the bus into that little village in Ecuador. They didn't have an organization to back them. She put everything she owned in the driveway, including her vehicle, quit her job, sold everything 17 years ago, moved to Ecuador. She stepped off the bus. The first time she put foot in that city, that little village outside of Shell, that's the name of the city because Shell, oh, they named it Shell. That's where Bishop Lamonas was born, by the way, was in Shell. She steps off the bus, and there's a lady who's startled, and she starts weeping. She says, I know you. Sister Templet says, no, you don't know me. I've never been here before. She goes, no, I know you. I had a dream two years ago, and I saw you in my dream. And I, I was standing at a road that was going in two directions. And in that dream, I saw you. And God spoke to me in that dream and said, when you see this woman, she will tell you the right path to follow. She said, we'd only been there a year, and a man comes in. He's a drunk. He comes in. God saves him. Here's the story. Almost 18 years earlier, he went into a Catholic church, got on his knees and put a pistol to his head, screaming, God, if you're real, show up. If any of this is real, show up. He screamed at the statue of Jesus and Mary, if you're real, show up. Pulled the hammer back. Brother Vincent, he pulled the trigger and the gun went off, but as the gun went off, he felt the hand slapped the gun and the bullet hit the wall ricocheted it off look nobody was there he was telling sister template this and when they began to look at the dates it was 18 years to the day that she was walking the swamp screaming god don't let them die before i can get there and share them the gospel of jesus christ i told you that to tell you this we all want that story, that we did that. But it starts by loving the person that's right beside you. And it starts by being nice to the grocery store clerk. Because you're not going to change the world until you change in your environment. I want the green pastures. I want the still waters. But oftentimes to get there, I got to walk through the shadows. What I'm trying to tell you tonight is if you'll be faithful in the little things, that day's going to come. And when it happens, you'll look back and go, I cannot believe it worked out that way. God, only God could have. Last night I told Woodland about me going to Haiti. 
It freaked them out. They couldn't even believe. Y'all know the story. That's not why. That's why I'm not telling you tonight. It blew their mind. All you got to do is just answer. What do you want me to do today, God? Love somebody. Make a disciple. Share the gospel. Be a friend to the friendless. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I'm not done with this series, by the way. I'm going to keep going. I may go. I, I, I'm loving what God is doing in us and doing in me. He has to share it with me before I get to share it with you. And I'm so blessed. God, God's working on me. I want to follow his will. Sister Cynthia, I don't want to just know his will. I want to follow his voice. That voice may speak to you tomorrow in the break room and say, you know that person that's always rude to you? Go ask them if you can pray with them. You're like, no, they're always rude. But here's the thing. You want God to use you to bring people out of a wheelchair. Sometimes, well, what if they reject? If they reject me, it must not have been God. No, God will send you to rejection. Amen. I'm going to follow the voice. Look at somebody and say, I'm going to follow my shepherd's voice. Would you sing this chorus one more time? Where you lead me, I will follow. Just sing it one more time as a prayer as we close. Lead me, Lord, and I. Just close your eyes and sing it to him. Lift your hand. Don't even look around. Just sing it to him. I will go. You have called me. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.